Cavalry getting the ball first. That means Meyer Bevan is going to be reacquainted with his good friend, Tiny Football Car. Sean Rea picks it up at 100% velocity, but so is Johnny Dos Santos. Rea is going to try and chip Irving. He's caught him out. It's in the back of the net. Sean Rea. Played in. Lots of bodies guarding the six. A second effort. It's in. Dos Santos. What a strike. Here's Josh Hurd, sets it up on a platter, what a goal! Sets up Peppel, second effort, it's in! And Erbin Peppel has finally beat Nico Chiantsopoulos. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Newsroom. No Christian Jack this week as he's taking some much-deserved time off. So he's made the potentially questionable decision to leave uh, the show in the hands of myself, <laughs> Mitchell Tierney, and Charlie O'Connor-Clark. But we'll do our best over the next hour to bring you the latest and greatest in CPL news. Just two games this weekend in the league, but plenty of Canadian Championship action to recap as well. Even a cup final to look ahead to on this week's show. We'll be joined by Alexandre Gongé-Huzik in uh, just a bit to, to chat all things on the West Coast, as always. And um, in about a half hour's time, we'll also be joined by Forge FC's Alex Ashnyoti johnson to preview the 2020, no, I didn't say that wrong, 2020 Canadian Championship Final against Toronto FC. But Charlie, despite there being just two games, I mean, they call it the bangers-only league for a reason. A few more yeah. goal-of-the-month candidates, maybe goal-of-the-season candidates, potentially, and some intriguing results and performances, I think, especially as we start to look at the top of the table here. Every game, man, every game, there's like at least one moment you're like, wow, this is incredible. It's the, it's the yeah, only two games this weekend, but they were both fun. You know, only, you know the, the York and York and Calvary game is a 1-0, but still an entertaining one is stuff at both ends. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, the table's starting to, to fall into place now. We've got, you know, most teams have a few games under their belt. So we're starting to to see a little bit of separation. There's still a lot of congestion in the middle of the pack, but you know, Pacific stay top. They keep picking up those points, even when they don't play at their best and uh cavalry they're uh, they're starting to put a little bit of space between them and the, the fourth place mark as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, it's kind of funny. Um, the, the first game I covered for campiel.ca uh, was the Calvary Pacific home opener. And I bring that up because going into that game, the one of the big narratives was, you know, is Calvary okay here? They had scored one goal through their first three games. There was a lot of concern that maybe with all of the injuries and absences that ha had, you know, befallen that team, that always seemed to, to yeah. follow that team around, unfortunately, but uh, certainly this year as well you know, were they going to be all right? And I mean, they've put that to, to bed pretty quickly. I think it's four of the last five they've won and they haven't lost in the league in, in their last five. Um, very impressive stuff yeah. from them, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Tommy Wilden Jr. has kind of talked about that last trip they made to York Lions Stadium where they kind of got outplayed. They lost 2-0 to York. That was kind of a turning point for them because, again, they haven't lost since. Uh, I think even even before this game, Tommy was saying we should thank York because that was kind of the turning point for us. Um, and they've looked much better. They've looked a little bit more cohesive. They've had a little bit more going on in the final third. Um, they've been finishing some chances, to be honest, which helps. Uh, and yeah, so they're definitely looking like the deep and talented team that I think we all expected them to be at the start of the season. Well, let's uh, go to York Lions Stadium now where... 
Um, obviously that, that match played out, uh, a match of patience as we'll get some quotes from Tommy Wilden Jr. Later. Yeah. Um, what did you get? You, you said you were, uh, field side for the first half. So what were kind of the vibes like down there? Uh, sounded like a, a, well, I mean, I guess felt like a very hot one, um, yeah. over there. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a difficult one out there on that turf with the, it's kind of the first game this season that we've seen the heat play a bit of a factor. You know, we've had some cold games. We've had some rainy games some windy games this one was hot down there on the turf as it always is when you're playing on synthetic turf like that um you know cavalry is always a team that plays a very physical game and actually in many ways so are york especially under martin nash but this game especially i think some of the players kind of described it as it being that way just because you're a little bit more tired you're laboring a little under the heat so maybe your tackles come in a little bit later you're flying into people a little bit more and you know the the fouls and the cards started coming out early in this game, which uh, which didn't help. And I think there's certainly some moments of emotion and, and tempers boiling over. And I think we'll get to some of the implications of that card trouble in a little bit. But it was certainly a very intense one and a, a hostile one between two teams that have already seen each other this year and have a little bit of uh, recent history against one another. Yeah, that's the fun in the the Canadian Premier League part of the year we're in now is is every match is is a repeat of of something and considering how entertaining many of those first meetings between a lot of these sides have been and you know in in many ways how how much I guess beef for lack of a better word there is sometimes <laughs> between between the the two sides that we're we're starting yeah. to to see that a lot. Um let, let's let's pick up on one more thing about Cavalry that that certainly has made all the difference recently, which is their away form. You know, Tommy Wilden Jr. has been quick to mention how few home games they have through the first 15 of the season yeah. um, as they've barely been at Atco Field, but eight points already picked up on the road. That's massive for them and, and allowing them to, you know, build things down the down the stretch here. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Tommy kind of identified this even before really the season started. He saw that there were a lot of, away games near the start of the year you know obviously you play in calgary on grass then you're probably going to want to play more of your home games in the summer when the pitch might be in slightly better condition uh and it was always about for them just kind of staying in the pack staying you know above uh, above the waterline so to speak with uh, with these away games just make sure that you give yourself a chance to be in the playoffs once you've once you start playing a few more home games and that's exactly what they've done they've been very difficult to beat they've gone into pretty much every stadium they've gone into and they've uh, not really quit in any games. You know, we've seen a few games where they've been down or, or things have been tied and then they found that goal that they needed to either, either win the game or to equalize uh, late. Obviously it happened in Halifax with the set pieces and Dan Klomp's goal. And then here at York, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a storm that they have to weather at times. York has some great chances, but then it's the substitutes off the bench uh, as we should talk about too, the, the triple substitution of Irvin Peppel and Sergio Camargo. And uh, I, I think it was not Elliot Simmons. I can't remember who the third one that came into this game was uh, at the 60th. Clearly minute. made quite back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh no, it was it was Bradley Vliet because they put uh, uh, they put yeah. Jose Escalante up on the wing and put him at fullback. Mm. Um, but those subs all made an instant impact, and it's uh, kind of something that they'd planned from the start of the game. Uh, so when you see that you're able to stick in a game like that to that point, uh, and then. You know, it all goes to plan. You find that goal you need. That's definitely something that Tommy will be very happy with. Yeah, speaking of Tommy, he spoke after the game about patience. So let's hear from Calgary FC coach now. Uh, it was a game of patience. We, we said it before. Both teams had had midweek games. Both of us about to t travel from the West Coast. You know, it's a hot day. I think it was one of the first we've had where it was, uh, you know, the hydration break. So 
we wanted to be patient with our possession first half and then we knew that we were going to make a triple sub which I think is the first time this season and the pure was was because there's a hangover from Wednesday's game and we knew our subs would come in and make a difference and that uh, credit to, to Bim getting his first goal but you know Sergio got in that pocket for us. Yeah, I mentioned Erbin Pebble getting his, his first goal and a player who, you know, had a lot of trials and spent some time over in, in Europe and a player that everyone is is pretty excited about within this league. So nice to to see him get that first goal. And let's let's hear from the goal scorer now. Yeah, no, it was a tough match. You could see it from the side because of the heat, you know, especially on a field like this, you're running up and down the turf, it gets hot. So we knew on the side that if we came in, you know, maybe the players are a bit tired. We can come make a difference and thankfully thank god i was able to do that so yeah yeah tired is a, is a good word and as you <laughs> mentioned charlie a lot of emotions uh, in this one both sides having played uh, a lot of football and a lot of emotional football um over yeah. the past couple of weeks both going of course to, to penalty shootouts before coming into this game in, in the canadian championship midweek so we saw those emotions boil over, and for York United, this has been, with a young club, a, a bit of a problem this season already. Um, you know, mm -hmm. some of the suspensions they've already picked up and, and been left shorthanded, and now again, going into next week, um, there there's going to be some some tough roster decisions for, for Martin Nash to make, as a lot of players yeah. picking up uh, yellow card suspensions. Yeah, it's a, a very difficult one. I think they go to <clears throat> they go into Halifax next weekend. Chris Nivikensa and Diadine mm -hmm. Absi, oh, excuse me, are both out. They're both suspended, and Isaiah is Johnston is going to be as well. <clears throat> there we go. It's back. <laughs> yeah, that's three massive players. Though. That's three locked-in starters on this team every week, week in, week out. Both fullbacks. You know, that's not a position that this team has a lot of depth in, I, I think we'd all say, because it's just, you know, they're two such key players to this squad that, you know, at many times they haven't needed backups because they've just played so many minutes. Uh, but to go into this game without the fullbacks, without Isaiah Johnston, who's been playing kind of as a 10 a lot for this team recently and been very good, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to do that. And it's just a consequence of maybe getting a little bit caught up in some of the emotions of these games. Again, all young players, players that you know can maybe get a little ahead of themselves in some of these uh some of these situations, some of these, you know, tackles, Cavalry, a very experienced team, especially at the physical side of the game. And I mean, they're a team that's had their own share of, of card trouble. They're also going to be missing Dan Klomp for their next game due to his, his fourth yellow card on Sunday. But yeah, it's certainly something that York will have to learn, uh, learn not to, not to get sucked into anymore because you, like at the end of the day, you don't want anybody suspended. You certainly don't want three of arguably your most important players all suspended for one away game at a very difficult place to go and play. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, Charlie, you spent a, a lot of time this morning updating the discipline side of our website with all, yeah. the, all of the yellow cards that happened this this past weekend. And this game didn't, uh, didn't help that at all. But um, a game where York definitely had their chances. And we'll hear now from, from Dom de Zator um, on his thoughts on the match. Yeah, like that game looked like it was going to be 0-0 until that one team uh, takes their chance and or goes after a mistake. We had our chance and uh, we needed to bury that. The whole game would have been different. And that, I think, gave uh, the Cavs a little bit of life thinking, OK, you know what, maybe they w wasted their one chance. And uh, yeah, it was tough because we battled hard. I think we had the better chances uh, going forward. And yeah, it's a tough one, especially at home to lose because I think we deserve something out of that game. 
yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair point. They definitely um, did deserve something out of that game. Um, yeah. You know, your your thoughts on I guess just their chances, their chance creation, and um, a good match I thought for Lowell Wright. In, in fact, I thought yeah. they they kind of keyed in on him a little bit, and he set up some some good chances that you know we saw those highlights. They probably should have buried. Yeah, absolutely. I think you could probably argue that York were the better team in many ways in this game. Um, you mentioned Lowell Wright, who's playing out on the right wing for most of this game, which you know he's more naturally kind of a center forward. But with Osazi Di Rosario in there, uh, you try and give him a bit of a different role. Uh, Lowell Wright has kind of the the technical ability to play out on the on the wing. He can send in some very good crosses. Uh, I think Di Rosario probably wants at least two of his chances back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that one cross that that Wright put just directly behind the back line. It falls right for Di Rosario, and then he skies it. And it was disappointing. That definitely should have ended up in the back of the net. Um, yeah, so I think there's definitely positive signs for York just in the way that they're able to get into the final third. But it's a similar story that it's been in other games where just that final ball is missing. They don't necessarily score the easier goals. You know, the the one-touch finishes, the, the balls that are sent into the box off crosses and things like that. So I think that's maybe the next evolution of this team who have already built such a strong foundation, especially at the back and in midfield. They're very dominant in those areas, just that final little bit in the final third, that little bit of quality that they need that I think is going to be the final piece of the puzzle for this team. Yeah, let's hear from uh, their coach, Martin Nash, on his thoughts after the game and decision-making was was a big thing he mentioned. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we got in some great areas. Uh, some of it's decision-making and some of it's finishing, um, to be fair. And, uh, you know, it was one of those games that was fairly even. I would I think, I, you know, I haven't watched it back, obviously, but it seemed fairly even. I thought we maybe edged it on chances, but they finished theirs and uh, we didn't finish any of ours. Yeah, um, uh, always uh, always a game of that um, sometimes yeah. in terms of who finishes their chances. And yeah, both uh, both York uh, coach and player mentioning that as a, as a big deal. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to Starlight Stadium. We'll get Alexandre Gongé-Huzek here on uh, just a moment here, but... This was a match where plenty of chances got finished. Um, as we as oh, yeah. we look in this one, um, first off, Sean Ray here. Um, you know this this is a guy who's going to now have multiple entries in the goal of the season because obviously Irving <laughs> a little off his line there, but that is an unbelievable chip from him to to build things off for Valor here and, and a player who's really really putting his name in there um, as one of the the top young players in the Canadian Premier League this season. Um, this, this is the penultimate, if we want to use even more, uh, football analogies, this is the game of two halves as Valor, again, Daryl Fordyce captain getting on there and, and putting a, putting a nice finish home. So Charlie, your thoughts on a game where Valor obviously dominate the first half and then Pacific, you know, they, they can score goals themselves. Um, they, they came back in the second. They certainly can. They certainly can. I think Valor will be very annoyed with themselves for letting that slip. Uh, yeah, I, I also want to shout out Sean Ray for just how clever that is to make that chip, to spot that Irving's mm-hmm. that far off his line when he's at full speed like that. But yeah, I, Pacific haven't really spent a lot of time trailing or having to fight back this season, have they? Uh, this was, I, I mean, I guess they did it against York in, in midweek in the Canadian Championship with Amir Didich's late equalizer. But even so, they're generally a team, especially at home, that's kind of controlled games and, and taken a lead and then maybe let other teams back into it occasionally, which has been one of the problems for them. But this time, it's the other way around. It's, it's 
Valor who come out super strong and then Pacific have to find their way back in. And to their credit, they did. Um, but Pacific are in a bit of a weird spot at the moment. You know, they've hmm. they've uh, they've had some some maybe tougher results. They're, they've had some games where they really had to grind it out. That one in, in Ottawa, obviously, where they are probably outplayed, but they still find that goal at the end. I think they've been outshot in three of their last four CPL games. Uh, three of those were three of those games were at home as well. Um, so maybe there's I, I don't know the Pacific is maybe obviously the team that they're at the top of the table. Every team is going to bring their best performance to play against Pacific. You know, everybody wants to take down the champions and the number one side, but uh, I think maybe there's there's a little bit of, a little bit more that they can they can find an extra gear. Because you know they're scoring goals uh, on on often quite often fewer shots than the other team, but you know I think you probably want to dominate more of the ball. You want to put games away. Uh, you want more of a ninety minute performance from this team. Yeah, as you said, it it is hard to to lead from the front. You have to be ready for these games. You have to be. Mm-hmm. You know that the other team, as you said, is going to bring their A game, and Valor certainly did that off the top. And uh, let's hear from Coach James Merriman now on you know a performance that probably they would have hoped would have been more of a 90 minute one yeah it does show character to come back but i don't think we were good enough in the first half um we didn't start right yes we made some changes but that's not that's not an excuse for the way that we started the match especially at home um so it's something we'll look at and we need to we need to be better and we need to learn from it but then you see the players that come in and you see the game change and what it means to them and the character they brought and we fought and we got back in and maybe we could have taken it at the end um but we only played one half of football. Yeah, um, yeah, one half of football. I think that's a quote that we'll hear a little bit like throughout this week. I know um, a little bit <laughs> later on, Forge FC coach Bobby uh, Smirniona saying his club played the worst first half of football in their their history. Um, yeah. But let's, uh, you know, what what was maybe the difference there for for Pacific as they're able to get back into this game? Because you know that's a, that's a club with a lot of attacking options, a lot of depth, and. Um, obviously yeah. they also have Diaz who scores every week at this point. He, he does score every week. And, you know, before, before long, he's going to start running away with the golden boot, uh, unless somebody, uh, goes on a bit of a terrier, but yeah, I, I think that first half for Pacific, you know, they, there's obviously a lot of rotation in the squad in the starting lineup. Diaz didn't start either did Josh Hurd. Um, you know, no, no Dixon, no, obviously no Manny Aparicio still, as he, as he deals with that injury. Um, and they're the team that played midweek, and I think it looked like it because Valor had the week off. They looked a little bit fresher, a little bit sharper off the off the hop in this game, uh, and it showed they had more of a, a first-choice side, I think, as well to start this game. But uh, Pacific were kind of caught off guard, I think, with some of the energy and the way that Valor wanted to play in that first half. Pacific just was a bit of a step behind them, and then you know, they make some changes later in the game. They bring on some of the their more regular starters uh, and it, it turns into a different game. Pacific kind of finds the energy they're, they're, They maybe go into the dressing room at halftime and James Merriman gives them a little bit of a piece of his mind about the effort in that first half. And they come out flying in the second, right? They, they find the goals that they need. They work their way back into the game. And I think the concern will be that they couldn't start with that, but I think given the circumstances, it's uh it's probably understandable that maybe they'd be a little bit, more tired after you know 90 minutes and penalties against york united on tuesday uh but again they they still found a way into the game as good teams do they found a way to get something out of it yeah let's hear from gianni dos santos about how they got back into that game uh, it's uh 
Yeah, I think we had a great team performers. First half was a little bit like uh, slow. We come back strong, second half. We know we are what we can do as a team, and uh, I think we had a great comeback. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but I think we did good to come back. Yeah, on the on the Valor side of things now, switching gears, you know, the second straight game now um, where they've had a, a decently solid performance and then, you know, squandered points at the end. Obviously, they still get a result at Starlight Stadium, which is a good result. I don't think uh, anything should be taken mm-hmm. away from from that. But nonetheless, they could have had three points and they could have had a point the, the week before in in Calgary. So um, your your thoughts on their performance and and I guess where they are at in their development as a club. Yeah, anytime you can take a point on the road at Pacific, you take that and you run because that's a very difficult thing to do in this league. Uh, and Valor, yeah, they're they're starting to come together. The attack is starting to come together as as just like kind of in terms of chemistry and so on. You know, they, they've been able to play a fairly similar lineup week in, week out, which obviously helps when you've got a coach coming in that's trying to establish a system. For this team and, and I think that's definitely showing in the way that they attack the way that they're able to find each other and then the other thing is just their ability on set pieces at either end of the pitch you know the the Rea goal comes on a counter-attack because they defended a set piece very well and then the four dice goal similarly is a, a corner at the other end so that's something that is massive at the CPL level just being able to to score and defend all the set pieces the dead ball situations because you know there there's a lot of those in this game in the CPL is, is any team that like cavalry have done it. Halifax have done quite well there. If you're able to consistently find chances from those set pieces, create those opportunities for yourself, then you're going to have success. And obviously that's something that Valor has put a lot of stock into. And I think that's something that Phil Dos Santos has spoken about for a very long time. So now to see it bearing fruit is very impressive. Uh, the final stage, the final evolution of this team is probably just, uh, holding on to those leads because that's that's the most difficult thing to do i think especially against a team like pacific on the road uh but you know that still to get a point at starlight stadium is never anything to be ashamed of yeah and a big reason uh for that point was obviously as we said off the top that some of the wonder goals that were scored let's hear from uh valor captain daryl fordace on you know why? Why there was so when you're on the pitch, you know you have no friends on the pitch. You just get stuck into each other, and afterwards you shake hands and show a lot of respect. But in terms of the goals between the two teams, you, you look at the quality of both teams have. You know going forward, I look at our boys and even look at Pacific boys. There's just so much quality in, in the attacking third, so that's why you get a lot of a lot of goals usually against the two teams. Another uh, another big thing for. For Valor, especially with how last season went, is is their away form, um, which has been much, much better this season. I think they won just one game, uh, that being against Calvary last year, away from home, um, away from Winnipeg, at least. Obviously, the, the start of the season was in a bubble. So, you know, all those games <laughs> kind of count as home games as much as, you know, some of them, they aren't kind officially of. home home teams. <laughs> so in terms of road form, it's already been much better this year and another yeah. you know solid point on the weekend so uh let's hear from their coach phil de santos on why i think that um you know when we when i took took over last year it was the team had deficiencies in the way they would they would play on the road it was a team that struggled a lot on the road and um i think we started to see a bit of a, a shift at the end of the season in in that regards and you know we started 
we have seven games played and five of them were on the road this year. So it was important for us to make sure we would be able to get those points and capitalize at home. Um, so this was a good test for us, right? The last uh, three games we played away was uh, the Ottawa game and now these two. And um, we needed to get something out of today's game because I feel that the way we lost all three points in Calgary um, would have made it extremely heavy on us. So, uh, yeah, disappointed of... Um, Especially when you go up to zero, you won all three. But when you look at the big pictures, you have to you have to accept it. And you know, had they given us the point when the season starts, you know, tell us you you get a point in on the road against Pacific, we take it. Now we need to also learn how to play with a lead and keep the lead because it's been. A few games now that we get a goal and we have the chance to uh, secure a result that that is better for us, and we weren't able to do it. Um, so a lot of good things today, but still a lot to work on. Yeah, well, even more good things today as we are now joined by Alex Gongeruzic out west, and um, let's switch gears a little bit here in terms of Pacific and and talk about. Uh, their performance in the Canadian championship this week. I think this was a club that, you know, a lot of us would have pushed or thought going very far in this competition, considering how they started this season, considering, you know, they had a, an opponent in York who is obviously very good and very tricky um, as a side, but you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily a MLS giant or anything like that. Your thoughts on, you know, um, the, them exiting the competition and, and some of the disappointment that comes with that. Yeah, I mean, it was a big surprise, I think, you know, from from Pacific, you kind of spoke to them and you could see that for, in their eyes, it was kind of like, OK, we've, we've got a chance to, to make the finals this year. You made the semifinals the year before. You're kind of on a, a side of the bracket where it lines up nicely for you. You get a buy into the quarters. You get to play York at home, uh, which is, you know, it's a, it's a matchup that they'd rather have than, you know, Montreal or, or Vancouver uh, away or something of the like and then just the way it kind of lined up for them it was all it seemed set in stone they, they they'd get a white caps or a cavalry two teams they, they'd comfortable with in the semis you go to the the final and then york york continues to to be a thorn in their their side uh, they, after that that first draw a few days prior york uh, really caught them by surprise and i think that's just the the magic of, of, of cup football i guess you can't look too far ahead because sometimes the, the game in front of you is what's most important. I mean, the fact that it came down to, to penalties shows how, how close it was uh, on the day, but certainly there's going to be frustration from, from Pacific that it ended the way it did. But I guess the, the lone solace is that you still got, you got the league, you still got uh, CONCACAF league. And those are two very, very good alternatives. Although they're, they're cha Canadian championship dreams have maybe died. Yeah, there's lots left for Pacific to play. And we learned this week that they're going to find out their CONCACAF league opponent on June 8th which is going to be very exciting because that competition gets started uh, in the summer. But yeah, this this game was a fun one, right? It's a good cup game, as you said, Alex. I mean, I think we now that we look back at both of the two games these two teams played over, over the weekend, the nil-nil the week before or the Friday before, maybe there's managers holding some cards closer to their chest in that game, uh, putting some more of their stock in the in the cup game, knowing what's at stake there. Uh, but it was a good one. I think we just have to we have to credit York for their resilience. 
right? I mean, even though it is Pacific who equalized late in this game, they're obviously a resilient team as well. But for York to go the distance in two straight cup ties and win both penalty shootouts, I mean, it's, a, it's another great moment for a, for a certified friend of the podcast, Nico Jansopoulos, right? But uh, what did you make of York in, in this game, Alex? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they showed some great things because after that that Friday game, I wasn't sure what to expect given they were super defensive. They were a bit quiet offensively. Uh, but, you know, you kind of thought, okay, was it going to be another nil-nil goes to penalties? And they just came out and they, I mean, they, they, they had to go down, you know, early. You got, you got a bit of, you know, you, you go down early, you kind of get that, that punch in the mouth. You, you wonder how they were going to respond to great Amir Didich goal. And then they, they, they fought back because that's the one thing I mean, I guess Pacific this year, you for the most part, one area maybe where they, they, they've they've spoken about it is when they score first, they don't necessarily score second. They they tend to to for whatever reason they'll play really good, they won't finish, and then the other team will, will score at the other end. With York, you're kind of wondering, uh, you know, given that they, their their offense was a bit quieter, would they come back? They, they they kept their heads up. You get a Roger Thompson goal off a set piece. Uh, you know, a good area of strength for them. You get that beautiful Azaze Di Rosario, you know, header across goal after that, a nice cross from Lowell Wright. And from there, they were cruising. That's that's the thing that was, it was impressive. They cruised. They looked like a team that, that knew what they wanted to do. They looked like an organized team. They looked disciplined. You could really tell they were, you know, fitting into Martin Nash's system. It, it, they just kind of, you know, lost their heads at the, at the end. It was kind of funny, you know, speaking to, to York after. They were all so frustrated because, uh, they had a chance to go to the to the corner, 96 minutes, kill off the game. Instead, <laughs> went for goal. Next, thing you know, the ball's in the back of your net. That's the kind of learning moments that uh, that you 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 know you 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 look back upon. And uh, Martin Nash joked after the game, it was a better that they won with that learning moment, and they maybe didn't have to to, to learn the hard way. But uh, yeah, overall, I just think they're they're really buying into Martin Nash's you know philosophy. You can see that that cavalry you know, mentality kind of seeping in, in into the team and they just look so much more organized, more disciplined, more up for these sorts of games because the talent was always there for York. York has always been a young, talented group, but they're starting to be a little more seasoned. And I think this cup tie was a, a perfect example of that. Yeah, York now advancing to the semifinals, of course. Well, they'll play, they will play the Vancouver Whitecaps on June 22nd um, at 10 p.m. Eastern at BC Place. 7 Pacific, should mention that as well. That is the, the local time for that game. Not not trying to do any wet East Coast bias here, especially with AGR on. Um, Alex, obviously you cover the the Whitecaps uh, at length as well. Your thoughts on that match and maybe how, um, you know, we obviously saw them in a quite the match against Calvary. Uh, maybe how York can potentially disrupt them. Yeah, I think from York's perspective, I think it's going to be all about how they approach this game. So I think last year, you thought the York versus Toronto game was going to be a lot closer than it was given Toronto's form at the time. Toronto came out and just kind of took care of business. One thing that was you know obvious from York that day, they just didn't look ready for the occasion. I mean, the talent wasn't, you know, wasn't an issue, but they just didn't look ready. And that's kind of been, you know, in these sorts of CPL versus MLS games, you have to be ready. I think the perfect example, too, is last week, Forge versus Montreal. Forge can hang with, with Montreal on their day, as we knew, but they came out flat. They didn't come out ready. And then it was game over by the, the 30th minute. And that kind of happened to York last year, whereas you compare it to Pacific last season against Whitecaps, uh, you know, against, uh, you know, Calvary against Whitecaps this season or in 2019. You just have to play without, without fear, as you know, as cliche as it is. You have to come out and be ready to play your game and not 
be you know wide-eyed be like oh we're playing the white cap so this is a bc place we have to you know we're, we're panicking we're nervous i mean york's there for a reason they've had to win two tough away games against two t- two teams that are typically really good at home they deserve to be there they need to play like they deserve to be there because the white caps for, for whatever reason, they've been giving other, other teams way too much respect. So, you know, Valor weren't able to take advantage of it. Cavalry almost did. If, if York isn't able to take advantage of that, the Whitecaps will win. But I think if York can can disrupt them, make them sweat, make them nervous, it will be a lot closer, uh, kind of like that Cavalry game. Awesome. Worth well, noting, you. of course, that uh, Martin Nash was on the sidelines when Cavalry mm. beat uh, beat Vancouver. Dom Zator, I think, scored at BC Place in that game. Uh, there's, there's a couple other guys around this York dressing room that have that experience. So I think they're definitely going to be looking at this with a lot of excitement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, AGR, thank you so much for, for joining us. And um, yeah, we, we certainly look, look forward to, to that match. That's going to be an amazing one. Awesome. All right. Thanks, well, guys. yeah. That was actually the only game that happened in the Canadian Championship this week. There were no others. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually, to be honest, I think that actually does a massive disservice to at least two very solid performances from Canadian Premier yes. League sides. Um, let, let's start with the team that very nearly took out the Whitecaps again, Cavalry. Um, a Meyer Bevan again, mm-hmm. bangers only league. A Meyer Bevan banger. Nearly hands Calvary the win. Uh, unfortunately, they come out on the wrong side of penalty kicks. But uh, I think a very solid performance and another one where Calvary can take some, you know, a lot of momentum from that game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, it always hurts when you lose on penalties, especially when you're leading in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a, a, a very resilient, as we've we've used this word a lot, on this, or at least I have on this show, but it is a very resilient performance for Cavalry, who did actually have to do quite a lot of defending in this game. Uh, the Whitecaps had a lot more of the ball. They had, mm-hmm. like, they had double the shots that Cavalry had, but you know they're a very good defensive team. They played slightly a a, a safe a, a safe back four in this game with with Mason Trafford and Karifa Yao in, in the middle there. Um, you know, Elliot Simmons is one of the better holding midfielders, I think, in that sense in the CPL. So they were able to maybe force some of Vancouver's chances to the outside or to the perimeter and, and make sure that they couldn't really threaten too much. You know, I, obviously, Marco Carducci called into action at least a few times in this game. But in general, Cavalry knew that they were going to have, you know, a couple chances in this game, whether they're on a counterattack or from a set piece or in transition or something like that. Uh, and they just had to take them. And obviously, when you have a player who's in the form of Meyer Bevan, who's you know are one of the most informed strikers in the entire CPL at the moment, uh, they're thankful that he's able to finish that with a just remarkable, remarkable finish. Uh, and it's it's obviously unfortunate for them that it goes down the other way shortly after, and the Whitecaps score, and then you know penalty shootouts. They're they're tough. They're tough. Vancouver looked ready for it. Uh, they did very well, even in front of that quite raucous foot soldiers section in the end there in Calgary. Mm. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I don't think there's a lot that Calgary can be too disappointed with. And now they obviously throw all of their attention into the league, which is not necessarily great for the teams that they're going to be playing against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meyer Bevan, of course, best friends with tiny football car who um, yeah. again was, was out this week, but made his debut in, in Halifax where you were this past week, Charlie. And I think a, a special, 
a special occasion for Halifax. Again, this was another one that at the end of the day will be looked back on as a bit of a disappointing loss considering um, there were moments in that second half where it was all wanders. They really, yeah. really looked like they were going to, um, you know, get on the front foot and and take the lead in that match. But, you know, again, just, just for the sport in, in the province of Nova Scotia, that seemed like a, you know, sentimental moment. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a massive game. I think there, there wasn't wasn't an inch of the grandstand in Halifax that wasn't just absolutely packed. Mm. Um, and I think we've spoken about how obviously they played Montreal in this competition last year, uh, but I think this year's TFC game was a little bit more of an evolution of the club. You know, it was a little bit a little bit more of an occasion. I think they had a little bit more belief in this game. Uh, obviously they played i think better in this game even though uh even against montreal they were right in it to the end until we needed they needed balu tabla to come on and settle mm-hmm. proceedings yeah. uh, but this time around yeah there were definitely a lot of moments and even in the second half where halifax just looked looked so much more up for it than tfc did you know the first half was uh a little bit slower from tfc who started quite a young lineup and then at halftime it's you know it's such a mark of respect to what Halifax was doing that TFC are like okay we have to put Jonathan Osorio and Ayo Akinola and Hazes Jimenez on the pitch right now or we might lose this game yeah uh, and obviously you know we all know Jonathan Osorio is one of the most talented players in Canadian soccer one of the smartest midfielders uh in the country right now and you know he changes the game obviously and perhaps rightly so he scores the winning goal on a, a play that was set up by by Nova Scotia native Jacob Schaffelberg, which is you know a good moment for him. Um, maybe not one that, that we at the CPL would love seeing, <laughs> but uh, because we were very close to we were very close to penalties there and it felt even at, at some points in those 85th minute mark that TFC were actually preparing for penalties mm. with some of the subs they'd started making. But uh, yeah, at, at the end of the day, again, Halifax, the city just deserves all the praise in the world for you know, the way that they've come out and supported that team and really, really drove them. And you know, obviously it's something that TFC's players and staff noticed as well. Uh, so I think you, they've definitely left uh, quite a lasting impression on, on the MLS opponents. Yeah. You mentioned things that we at the CPL didn't necessarily love seeing. And I think uh, <laughs> the way Forge FC came out against yeah. CF Montreal in a game that, you know, was billed as revenge, redemption, all of those things. Um, Bobby Smirnionis, as I said earlier in the show, called it, you know, the worst first half they might have ever played as a side. And I mean, I was I was covering this match, so I guess I'll go a little bit more in depth. You know, just again, it what was disappointing, I think, was we'd finally seen what Forge could do against Halifax like a week before. Yeah. They finally looked like the Forge FC we'd come to expect. And then they come out in this match and just weird weird plays like from from the start they left so many gaps uh, it, it is a little bit cherry picking but if you look at the average position of the players it's almost hilarious because you can see where um Linkovich is right in the dead center of all of the forge players um in, yeah. in terms of the gaps that he was able to find in his average position so uh, that was that was a major issue and they just couldn't recover from that they allowed a couple of early goals and just yeah it just wasn't great from from them from the start so uh, a disappointing one obviously and and one that they very quickly get the opportunity to build on obviously we should mention Montreal now going on to play Toronto FC in the other semi-final um, at BMO yeah. Field and Toronto FC will be visiting Forge FC at Tim Hortons Field this week for the 2020 final as I mentioned uh, 
obviously a very exciting moment for for the Canadian Premier League, as it's the first time that a CPL team has made the final. So um, let's let's hear from Bobby Smuniotis. Charlie was down there at Tim Hortons Field uh, chatting with the the Forge FC coach. Finally, we're joined here on the pitch at Tim Hortons Field by head coach Bobby Smuniotis of Forge FC. Bobby, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Um, and there's a trophy on the line. So what is the uh, the mentality for you guys kind of going into a game like this? Yeah, I think you hit it on the uh, nail there. The most important thing is there's a trophy on the line, and that's what we know. You know, it's uh, it's funny we say 2020, yeah. and uh, a lot has transpired since then, but uh, we've both, uh, you know, won the right to, to play for this trophy, and I mm-hmm. think uh, that's always an important thing in, in building the culture of a club and an identity of a club, and that's what it is for us. We have two of those uh, CPL uh, shields in our, in our locker room, and we want to be able to add to it. How do you think that you're kind of starting to to maybe hit a stride a little bit, notwithstanding Montreal. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen a lot of good progress in the team. You know, the one thing we said from uh, from going back in 2019, building this team, you've probably got a two, three-year window um, with the team, and we're, we're lucky enough to keep most of the team together for three years and have an, an excellent run at things. And, and this year needed to be a little bit of a reshuffling. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have principles, when you have an identity, you reshuffle and you bring in the players to fill those roles. And I think we've done an excellent job with that as you've got guys uh, getting into uh, a simple but sometimes complicated system of, uh, of the way we, we play. Um, but we've seen a lot of positives. You know, uh, this past Wednesday in, in Montreal was uh, probably not our, not our brightest moment as, as a club, but those are going to come along, and I think you've got a lot uh, to learn from them. And uh, maybe it was, a, it was a good little shock ahead of this game uh, on Saturday. Does maybe that game being a tougher one not going your way give you a little bit extra fuel to the fire for, for this next chance at an MLS team? I think so. I think there was a lot of disappointment in the, in the room uh, after that game and uh, not so much in the loss but in the performance and, uh, and our identities and our principles uh, as a team and you, you could see it across the team and, and we know that's something important for us um, when we're playing you know, no matter who the opponent is and I think a lot of the newer players and we had a, quite a few of them uh, playing in that match I think that was the big learning moment they had from it and if you can take that uh, forward and use it in a positive nature then it's always going help in this match coming up mm-hmm. this football field has seen a lot of Hamilton Toronto battles yeah. but not in a not in our football um, what does this kind of a game mean to, to you guys to your fans to the club yeah I think it's a it's a great spectacle for the sport to be honest you know take away the tactics take away uh, you know who the players are I think it's a beautiful thing between the two cities if uh, mm-hmm. if you know a little bit the, the sporting culture and especially in the CFL with the Ticats yeah. and the Argos it's been a fantastic uh, rivalry here you have two teams uh, owned by the same organizations yeah. um, playing our uh, our football, uh, as we say. So I think it's a natural uh, extension of that. And I think that's what's going to create, uh, make it a, a very special moment, especially for the supporters mm-hmm. of, of both clubs, for the two cities who are who are very close to each other. And then uh, from our end, it's making sure we make it a very entertaining match on the pitch. Again, June 4th, uh, tickets are still available. The Voyagers Cup will be lifted right here on this pitch. Forge FC hosting Toronto FC. It should be a good one, right? Oh, it's going to be excellent. There you go. A promise from the coach that it's it's going to be excellent. And uh, <laughs> Charlie, some some credit to you there. Braving the rain at the end of the interview. Ever the professional there. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks to our incredible content team for, for all the work they did. There'll be plenty more coming out from Tim Hortons Field over the next uh, week to preview that match. But Charlie, what can we expect from the match itself? Obviously one where Toronto picked up a big win um this this past weekend but in general haven't been in great form forge starting to round into form although as you mentioned with the asterisks <laughs> of that montreal game um yeah, yeah it should be a it should be a fascinating final 
Yeah, it'll be a very interesting one. You know, it's a, a team that Forge has always wanted to play, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a team that, you know, it's it's the natural the natural rivalry, Hamilton Toronto, as we've spoken about, and it's the first time that they're gonna have that chance. But Forge being at home helps on that turf field that they know better than anybody really helps. Uh TFC don't have the option in this game of doing what they did in Halifax, where they bring Jonathan Osorio on because he's going to be in Canada camp, I believe. Uh so you know that's that's good for Forge. Although it may be disappointing for what? supporters who like to see players like that. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very fascinating game. You know, Forge are a, a very different team to Halifax. They play quite a different style of play. They want the ball probably a lot more than Halifax might have. Uh, so I, I'm not sure necessarily how they're going to line up. Uh, obviously, you know we, they can't quite look past tomorrow night. Forge have to go to Edmonton and play a very difficult game there. Uh, in their stadium and then after that it'll be kind of full steam ahead for saturday uh it's going to depend on who's healthy for forge at this point i think uh, you know there's there's been some players starting to get back uh obviously the the fact that they've managed to incorporate some of these newer signings in, in resort rama and and olavi below uh in defense has been really helpful for them uh because they you know have had to play games recently where they had no natural center backs uh but yeah, I think just it's going to be a matter of finishing chances because Forge are always going to be a team that creates chances that you know gets into the final third. So it's going to be a matter of putting them away as they did in Halifax uh, for really, really an impressive performance in the attack from them because that's kind of something that was always going to be the next evolution of this team is uh, just putting those away and having your best attacking players uh, produce on the score sheet. So I think that's really going to be the key for them in this game. Yeah, well, let's chat to uh, someone who will be playing in that game is uh, Alex Ashignoni Johnson will join us now on the show. Alex, uh, a midfielder or a defender or wherever Forge need him at any point this season, it seems. But uh, going thank in you goal. so much. Yeah, yeah, he's going in goal for this match. Wow, um, that that that's that'll be a wrinkle. But uh, Alex, thanks for <laughs> taking some time out of a busy day to join us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Well, I mean. Speaking of everything being everywhere this season, the the 2020 final obviously being played in 2022, such as the the world this year. Um, your thoughts going into you know a big match though for for the club? Uh, no, it's just that that you say it's a it's a big game for us. It's a trophy at the end of the day, even though it's the 2020 trophy. Uh, it'll still be in our cabinet, right? If we win it, and I think it'll mean a lot for the club to show that as that we can measure with the MLS clubs and that we can actually win uh, a competition against those guys as well. And uh, no, it'll, it would be huge, I think, for the league and the club if we uh, we could take, take that trophy home. Yeah, I think you'd certainly like to be the first club to do so in a CPL. You know, Forge have been the first team to do a lot of things in the CPL, I think, and that would be just another one. Uh, but Alex, I mean, you've been at this club for the whole time, pretty much. Um, just being in Hamilton, you know, Toronto's just down the street. That club is Toronto FC or just down the street. How long have you guys wanted a crack at this team? Just a chance to play against them? Oh, I think uh, since year one, probably it's always uh, been something we've wanted to measure up against. Of course, they, they're a different team now than they were back then. And we're also a different team now than we were back then. But I think the, the whole history with uh, Hamilton, you have the Ticats and the Argonauts that got like a rivalry and it feels like, Hamiltonians aren't that happy about Toronto people. So I think it's just a rivalry between the cities in general. And 
yeah, no, I think the fans and us as players have always wanted to see to see a game like this, and we finally get it. Alex, it's been a, a bit of a tricky season for you guys so far. Something Charlie was mentioning kind of in the preview is the fact that there's been a lot of injuries for you guys, especially at the back this year where you've kind of had to to look at different combinations um, there. How how tricky has that kind of been where, you know, you're looking to your left and right on, on different occasions and there's different guys there. I know Rezart's come in and, and done a great job off the top, but, uh, you know, how, is, how has that been so far this year? Uh, no, it's been a bit special because right when you think that we – get some guys back something 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 happens and all of a sudden the players have been like healthy all year or injured and then the guys just came back or playing instead but i think uh we're starting to settle in and get more comfortable in the way we play and i think uh we've we've done well in the league the last couple of games we just haven't against halifax we got the end product against uh, ottawa we played a good game we just didn't finish it um so i think i think we're starting to find to get back on track from where we were last year, even though we're not the same team, I think we're starting to find back uh, the same same kind of rhythm. Yeah, Alex, you mentioned you're not the same team. You're, there's been a lot of changes heading into this year, probably more than any of the other seasons, but it's certainly not at all the same team that qualified for this final, as I think we spoke about on Friday. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a few of you that have been around this whole time, you know, yourself and, and Kyle Becker and and a few other players in this group. Uh, with so many, so many changes in this squad, for players like yourself, do you start to see yourself as a bit of a, a leader, as somebody who can maybe help establish that continuity and the culture in this club that was established in the first year? Uh, yeah, I think it's been important, especially now this year, like you say, when we have a bigger turnaround and we have a lot of young guys and first, like, first-year pros, and uh, it's important to set the standard, you know, that you don't just become a winning team just because you – like you don't become a winner because you join a winning team that's winning in the past. It doesn't really matter what we've done in the past. We gotta focus on what we want to do in the future, and that just comes from hard work. And like, I think like you said, me, Bex, uh, you got David and uh, G, and a couple of more guys, and Danny, of course, as well. But some of them are off the field and injured right now. But it's important that we set the standard and we show them out in the field and talk to them off the field to 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 let them know that it it. it you won't become a champion just because you played for Forge. You actually got to put down a lot of work. And yeah, no. So I think uh, that's also what we've started to realize is some players maybe thought it'd be easy to come here as Forge. Oh, we've been the best team for that. We've set the standard for the for this league, I feel like. And uh, they thought they would just come by itself when you come here. But that's not really how it works. Yeah, Alex, you mentioned that you have wanted to play Toronto FC since year one as a club. Is there a particular player on Toronto FC that you're maybe looking forward to to matching up against? And, um, you know, even as a, as a reference point for yourself and the team to, to see where your standard is? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. No matter who I play against, I always try to outplay my opponent, do better than, I, than my opponent. I think we have, we've had good measurement of that in the past, playing Cruz Azul, playing Montreal this year and last year. Uh, mostly I just want to win, win the game and then, I uh, I know I can play on that level, so that's not not anything I'm doubting about myself. Uh, it's just as a team, we got to get up to that standard. You know, last time you guys saw Lucas McNaughton, he was winning a championship on your turf. I'm sure you'd like to beat him this time, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that would would be nice. <laughs> just speaking of you know, speaking of trophies, last season for you guys uh, was I think. As, as most of you guys would say, it was very successful. You go to two semifinals of, of tournaments. You go to the CPL final, but 
you know, it's the first year that you guys actually come out of a year empty-handed, as Bobby Smirniotis has said. So how much is it important to you guys to to put another trophy in your trophy cabinet this weekend? Um, this, I, like, I, like I said before, I think it's very, very important, uh, mostly for the, uh, like, showing that we can compete with the the mls uh, clubs in this in this country and show that we're we can be on the same level as them uh to kind of set set like another standard i guess for the league that we should be able to beat them and we can can win this cup and uh, i think that that's what we're going to take most from this game and obviously we want to win and want the trophy but maybe what it means more than just another trophy and it, it, it's not just another trophy in the cabinet you know it also means a lot for the club and the uh, league yeah absolutely and you know they've extended the the seating there there's going to be a lot of fans out for this match uh, what will that mean to have you know a, a cup final like atmosphere and if anyone's maybe on the the fence about coming to this match um you know why why should they come out oh i think uh, like i touched before the rivalry between Hamilton and Toronto that's kind of always been there before before Forge as well with uh, a lot of our our fans are also a bit invested in Ticats right so they have the natural kind of rivalry between the Argonauts and the and the the Ticats so no it's uh, I think I think if you're doubting coming I think you're going to miss something cuz it's going to be a fun game both on the field and off the field with the atmosphere Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today, Alex. I know you got to catch a bus to Edmonton. You guys have plenty of, of stuff going on this week. So really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Alex. Absolutely. And as we mentioned, uh, as Charlie mentioned, there's there's more content to come with Alex Ashinoni Johnson from from the squad. Not as good as this chat, I don't think, but uh, it'll be sure, uh, yeah. it'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be uh, worth watching. And, and as we said, tickets to this match uh, going quickly. Um, they've opened up those additional sections, so you won't want to miss uh, a historic occasion at Tim Hortons Field, one of many that, that have happened over the last little bit. It's really become a, a great venue for, for soccer in this country. Um, so, yeah, secure your, your seats today. Um, Forge offering, I think, some flex packs as well, so if you want to see another CPL match, you can uh, you can get a combo pack there. It's a, it's a great way of doing it. But, uh, yeah, let's look at, uh, let's look at the standings here um for for the league as we mentioned uh some some movement at the top cavalry really um you know kind of consolidating their spot in in second place in the league and um that you know i think we have a top two going on right now two clubs that have kind of put themselves ahead of everyone else yeah yeah they certainly have you know cavalry have come on very strong in the last few weeks to maybe come out of that pack a little bit i think it was only last week that we had like four or five time teams <laughs> yeah, on eight the, points the eight, yeah the eight point tie yeah yeah uh so now we're we're starting to see things stretch out a little bit more we're, we're seeing clubs start to establish themselves but there is a very 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 long way to go for instance i i still would not expect to see forge in sixth place for much longer but uh yeah it's, it's definitely going to be exciting i think there's going to be a pretty pretty heavy battle for really all of those spots uh come you know a month or two from now yeah and that battle continues this week as we we look at the schedule and it's a great week if you're a canadian premier league fan because there are games almost every day starting tomorrow uh forge as we said traveling to edmonton to take on fc edmonton you got valor atletico on wednesday saturday it's that york united wanderers game that we mentioned and then a double header 
um, Atletico hosting Pacific and Valor hosting FC Edmonton. So a big week for Valor, honestly, two home games for them, yeah. um, a big chance for them to, to start to move up and, and separate from the pack as well. So uh, as always, there'll be plenty of content from us over at campl.ca. There'll be plenty of stuff ahead of that 2020 final. Um, and as always, you can catch all of those games on one soccer. So make sure to, to head over there and do that. But that does bring us to the end of our show this week. Thank you so much to both Alex's, Alex Gongay-Huzik and Ashley Janssen for, for joining us. Um, and that will do it for us from the, the May 30th, 2022 show. Thanks again as for, for everyone joining us. I mean, we have people from Utah, Brazil, uh, Nigeria as well in the, in the chat yeah, today. All it. kinds of That's international awesome. content. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we we <laughs> love uh, we love taking this league to to new places and um, yeah. So as I said, and enjoy a full week of football. It's it's a great one if if you're a Canadian Premier League fan. Cavalry getting the ball first. That means Meyer Bevan is going to be reacquainted with his good friend Tiny Football Car. Sean Rea picks it up at 100% velocity, but so is Johnny Dos Santos. Rea's going to try and chip Irving. He's caught him out. It's in the back of the net. Sean Rea. Played in. Lots of bodies guarding the six. A second effort. It's in. Dos Santos. What a strike. Here's Josh Hurd, sets it up on a platter, what a goal! Sets up Peppel, second effort, it's in! And Erbin Peppel has finally beat Nico Giantsopoulos.